Welcome to the MMA Roadshow, episode number 370. My name is John Morgan. Cold Coffee is with me. We're back together in Las Vegas. I know it was only one week away, but <laughs> it's been a long week. It's been a long month. I'm not going to lie. It's been a lot of traveling, a lot of moving around, but I'm happy to be back together. And I, I mean, I, I'm, I hope, I can only hope, Cold Coffee, that I'm, I have not just disappointed a, a, a massive legion of <laughs> MMA Roadshow fans who were like, man, the historic cold coffee opening. <laughs> they've they've taken a new direction in the show. Yeah, like, ah, oh, just stepped up, and now they're just going to regress right back. <laughs> if you missed last week, just go back. I, I, look, I understand you may say, well, that's a week-old show. I, well, I don't want to listen to a week-old show. Just give at least, like, the first – 20 seconds to listen because for the first time in the MMA Roadshow history, Cold Coffee did the open. And uh, it was a poor mimic job. Huh? Well, I was going to say. Well, it's funny, you I, know, because like in my head when I heard, when I was saying it, I was like, yeah, this kind of sounds like him. And then I listened to back and I was like, was I like walking through molasses? And I was like, <laughs> it was like super slow and drawn out of the welcome to the MMA Roadshow. I was like, I was like, did I, like, get all hopped up in, like, cough syrup or something? Well, see, I had a similar reaction because I'm like, at first I'm like, is that what he thinks I sound like? And then I was like. To a little bit, a well, little hold, bit. Well, hold on. Well, so, so the first thought was, is that what he thinks I sound like? And then the second thought was, or I guess, is that what I sound like? <laughs> it's a little bit of both. It's a little bit of both, you know. That's why, you know, you, your voice always sounds worse than, you, you know, you think or whatever. But, uh, no, it's funny. I listened to it afterwards. I was like. That wasn't how it sounded in my head when I did it. <laughs> but I just had to laugh, and I was like, oh, whatever. I was like, it's done. It's it was fun. Done. It was fun. We got we, we did the split show last week. Of course, I was in Dallas at the time. I, I'm telling you, I'm happy to be in Las Vegas for a little bit, man. I'm happy to be home. Uh, it, you know, it's been a fun week, obviously, man, I, or a fun month, I should say. I enjoy what I get, what get to do. But uh, Jacksonville, Atlantic City, Dallas, uh, all this month already. So uh, happy to be home to, to wrap up April and then – We'll get it going in May as well. But we did get to work together last week for uh, USC Fight Night 205. Not the uh, not the most memorable card of all time that we, that we worked there together, but it was a super busy weekend of MMA, man. You had a, a great one championship event. You had a pair of Bellator events out there uh, in Hawaii, Hawaii, which is always Hawaii. cool to see. And then, uh, of course, the UFC. I'll be honest with you. that that is pro- Last weekend was probably one of the rare occasions where the UFC show probably had – the least attention of any of them. Oh, easily, easily. That doesn't happen very often. It doesn't. You know, it's so funny. Uh, as the Bellator stuff of that, so we got Maddox, we had Maddox and Nolan King out there. All I cared about was like what their count was on spam masubis. I kept bugging them every day. They're like, "Oh, so we got this coming, this coming." I was like, "But really, how many? What's the spam count right now?" Did, did it give it? Are, Nolan had never had like a spam masubi, right. and like. Uh, by the time I kept bugging him, I think he was down like 3-0. I was like, dude, are you going to not have a spam musubi while you're over there? I was like, that would be literally the worst thing you could do. And he's like, I'm going to do it. I, I've, I've been planning on it. I've been planning on it. And then uh, I think it got me thinking about it so much. And Slack actually made a spam musubi uh, 
emoji. You I, made I should, one? Yeah, I should put it in our I'll put it in our roadshow slack. A spam. It was like the greatest thing I've ever done. It's like my I can we literally walk away from the sport. Now? Yeah. Right, like. <laughs> All it was was actually taking an image and then uh you cut out the background and then shrink it to the size and oh, like okay. icon size or I whatever. I thought you were like in here like pixelating good you know? code. I was like drawing. <laughs> No, it was like it's like doing Photoshop work and then just exporting it or whatever. But uh, so I kept flooding every message he sent with like spam musubi emojis, and then finally he was like, "All right, I ate one," and I was like, "Thank you." Now you've done Hawaii. I was like, "If you're over there and you're doing whatever," he kept sending all these fancy like dinners or whatever, and I was like, "Dude, just go get spam musubi." Wow, they're on a different budget than when me and you were over there. I don't, I, I don't remember going to a lot of fancy dinners. Well, at least maybe it looked fancy, but who knows? <laughs> who knows? <laughs> I mean, if you're going to save up and, you know, don't go out drinking and doing whatever, I guess you can probably have a nice dinner. We've done well, that on occasion. That's silly. Yeah. <laughs> Who would do that? Silly boys. <laughs> but you're right. Uh, in terms of just the excitement, uh, I mean, no offense to the, to the UFC card, but we even, I mean, we even said as much. I mean, it's just like one of those cards where with no title, with no whatever, and people sort of working their way back, that Jessica and Daraj Feist and the Amanda Mosh was probably the biggest one that had, like, ramifications for anything going forward. Mm-hmm. Bellator was just chock full of it. I mean, title Good. fights and like big names, and uh, you know, I was really looking forward to that uh, the cyborg fight. So, like in the media room at post fight at uh, the UFC, but when it was all said and done and everybody had left, I was packed up, but still had I didn't want to miss it. So I had my laptop open there watching the Bellator fight from the UFC media room, and no shame. I was just like, it is what it is. I mean, I think they understand that you know, especially at that point in the night. Um, it'd be one thing if we had it open while the media days, you know, while the press conference is going on. But afterwards, they they get it, you know, that, you know, we all cover that sport. But they, it's funny they were dipped and they were out. Hey, getting, you're there by drinks, anyway, they were gone. So then it was just me. I was like, hell, I'm gonna, I'm gonna sit here and put on the Bellator. Um, but that was great, man. It was great now to fight. So, you know, the one championship I did not see, I saw like highlights of it. You know, um, it's just always on odd hours for it's me. It's hard. So I, I got up and, and watched it. I mean, as part of my gig now, I'm, I'm trying to watch a little bit of everything, you know. And so, but dude, that was a 2 a.m. wake up call for me. Man. Yeah, see, fuck that. It was, it was, but it was a great. Do you there, even go to sleep at that point? Uh, no. So I ended up, <laughs> uh, dude, it was just the longest day ever. Yeah, it was, it was brutal. I think I did maybe squeeze in a little Because you'd have to nap. stop drinking at some point to make the 2 Oh no no I did no no no, I did go to bed uh, I did no (laughs) it's so true I did go to bed that night but I got up at two and then I stayed up for the rest of the day because I went straight from one championship to the UFC wins actually and then I went home and uh, I think I did maybe squeeze in like a twenty minute power nap or whatever but uh, it it was a it was a long day but it was cool man there was some great fights I love how. I honestly do one championship right now. I love so they brought submission grappling in, and, and they're doing that on the regular now. So there's you know one or two submission grappling matches per card. Of course they do the Muay Thai, they do the kickboxing. There was one of the craziest fights you'll ever see: uh, five knockdowns in one round, which was crazy. Um, I actually put the highlight on my Twitter if, if you want to go check it out. But uh, it, it was fun. And I, but I do I love the way they incorporate everything, man. It's 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 submission grappling, it's Muay Thai, it's kickboxing, it's MMA. And the more I think about it, man, it's funny because, of course, you know, we've always traditionally just covered the MMA. In fact, at MMA Junkie, you know, we had kind of made the decision that, look, we won't even really report the Muay Thai and the kickboxing results because, yeah. like, you know, we're, we're more an MMA site. But that was when they were only doing, like, one or two Muay Thai or kickboxing fights. But I think, and this is not me talking to them, but I think what I see with their card structure now is that they realize, hold on, 
we're going to have some good mixed martial artists, like we are. But we, we're in competition with the USC. We're in competition with Bellator. We're in competition with the PFL. We're in, co- you know, we're in competition with all these organizations to get mixed martial arts. But if we get the best Muay Thai fighters in the world, yeah. if we get the best kickboxers in the world, like we're not really in competition with that many people. I mean, of course, Glory is out there, and there are some organizations. But you know, I, I think what they realize is like maybe, yes, you know, we get MMA, but if we really focus on these other ones and not just do one or two fights a card, but really, like, lean into it, it allows us to have some really high-level athletes. And to be honest with you, I, I think it's a pretty smart play. Like, we're always talking about if you're just trying to do the UFC light, yeah, you're not going to work out. You've yeah. got to have some differentiator. You're always going to be number two. That, you're always going to be number two or three or something. PFL's done a great job with the season yeah. format. Now I think one championship is doing this multiple, you know, discipline format, which I think is legit. Bellator – you know, I think they've got the Grand Prix format, which I think that's probably obviously that's not their entire organization, which is funny because you know Bellator went to started with tournaments, then it went away from tournaments, but now they're embracing Grand Prix again. But I think those Grand Prix, even though it's not the whole concept, I do think it helps yeah. differentiate their product. So I, I, I think. Do you like those Grand Prix that end where uh, nobody gets the check, nobody wins? Do you oh, like those ones? dude, that was so brutal, man. That was rough. I was like, I was like, because we actually talked about it in the spinning back look. I was like, is that a downside to? What they're doing, you build up and you build up and then you build up and then you don't get that payoff. I mean, on two it's points, hundred percent. Why, like Dana White does not does like want to do because stuff like that happens and you're like you lose or now set, or, and or if, you know, heaven forbid, you somebody gets injured and then yeah. you can't actually yep. put the fight on. That one, I was gutted. One, I was so gutted for Core because I was like, yeah. dude, he is winning this fight. Looking He's fantastic. crushing him. And then to to do that, and that was like we had crazy like intentional fouls that week but like that was not one of the ones i felt so bad for him because it was like we saw these other guys got wins even though they did fouls Corey, totally not trying to do anything they get that accidental headbutt and then not only did he not get the belt he didn't get the million dollars and then there wasn't closure for this tournament that they just build up for it. And I was like, I get it. You're rescheduling, but it's like, it's not really the tournament final, right? It's not really the tournament final. Is it going to have the same, is it going to have the same momentum? Is it going to have the same? I mean, as long as the million dollars still on the line, it's the payoff's still there. I mean, it's just weird, you know, like, uh, and I, I, and, and and I say all this while still saying, I love the tournament. I love Mm -hmm. the fact that everybody knows, we haven't heard from anybody that said they don't like the tournament format. As for like the participants, they like they love seeing the pool, they love seeing the the availability of people to get in there. But man, uh, just when that didn't get that payoff, I was just like I was like, well now I'm just like, Ugh. you know, I was like <laughs> it. I was like not put off by it, but I was just I think I was, maybe I was just more gutted for Corey, but. I don't know. Uh, I know I hijacked your thread there, but that was just like one of those weird endings. And I was like, oh, we saw the end of that Grand Prix for that one. But like, but did we? <laughs> bizarre. Speaking of Grand Prix, by the way, I'm just going to be honest. Uh, I, and I'm sure you haven't seen it, but I did an interview yesterday with Danny Sabatello. Yeah. Uh, and if anybody <laughs> wants to go see it on uh, on, on, on the, the MMA Underground YouTube channel, please do. First of all, I, I've got to start plugging the MMA Underground YouTube channel. We're building it from scratch. I mean, we had – uh, it's literally brand new. It's a month old. Uh, so we'd appreciate any subscriptions you can offer over there. Uh, that dude might be my new favorite fighter. He's crazy. <laughs> He's crazy. He's absolutely crazy. But That's I love crazy. it. It's like mad trash talk. But, again, you know, what do we always say? Don't talk about race, religion, family. That's the stuff that bothers me. And he's not. He's just like, 
you suck and I'm going to beat your ass. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it was so funny. You know, I was asking, you know, I was like, why don't you like Leander Higo? Like, obviously, you clearly don't like him. He's like, well, because he sucked. And obviously, he missed weight, so he's not a professional. He's just going off on him, right? He's like, part of it's just because he's the next guy in line. But I was like, all right, like, okay, so you don't like Leander Higo. You think he's overrated. But, hey, how about Rafian Stotts? He looked pretty good. If you win, Rafian Stotts is next. And he's like, Rafian Stotts sucks. He's slow. He's he, he, like, I don't see anything there. I don't know anybody. And he's just going off. It, it's just hilarious. And I was like, by the way, I was like, I don't, I don't want to distract from the Bantamweight tournament, but you wrestled in college at 141. So you're actually competing now at a lower weight than you did when you were in college. Like, can you stay here forever, you know? And he's like, I mean, I can, but, like, if all I, if all I get to do is face people that suck, like Sergio <laughs> Pettis, then I'll probably go up or something. I'm just like, dude, you yeah. are uh, – this dude – I'm sorry. It's to me, uh, it's hilarious, and I know that may sound weird because, again, I'm not always the biggest fan of the of the ridiculous trash talk, but his is just to me. I find it funny, and I, I don't know. I, and it's, it's just back to like just pure just trash talk. They're not. Yeah. You're not trying to make it personal. Like you could say somebody sucks all day and say, "Dude, I think your skills suck," and then the other person might be like, "Okay, that's cool. That's your that's your opinion. Fuck you. We're gonna get yeah. in the cage. And we're gonna solve it." When it gets to the whole like cheap nastiness of yeah. bringing in somebody's about, family, about somebody's wife, religion, the other shit. Then it's just like, okay, you, all right, you kind of are a piece of shit. Where yeah. it's, yeah, like, it's, it's fun hearing it, the other one, because then you're just like, all right, cool. Cool, I'm glad you think that, you know, because we're going to settle it, you know. But I thought even in his, because his, he recently, he recently fought, what, just like Two weeks ago, or yeah, something? he was on this car. He was back out in Hawaii and, yeah. and fought in to get into. I thought the his post fight was pretty fucking oh, crazy as well. Crazy. I was just like, I was like, who he's is legit, this? He's legit dude? crazy. He's legit crazy. There's no question. Yeah. So it didn't surprise me that you say that his his interview was crazy because I remember just seeing a little bit of that post fight interview and I was like, who the f is this crazy dude? But that's good, man. I mean. We need, I mean, we need more of that. I mean, well, one, I mean, I can see where some people might get put off just seeing somebody say, oh, he sucks, where somebody might just be like, well, you suck for saying he sucks, my favorite guy. But at least he's just doing it in a good, fun What Isn't that funny that I consider that fun? Well, he's is, just doing it in a nice, fun I know, he's way. Like, he's, like, he's like, I'm going to slice you up and make you bloody, and you're going to yeah. have stitches and scars for life. It's funny. But at least he's not like, you know, uh, why is your wife sweep, sleeping with other men? Why are you a cuck? Race, you know? religion, family, like, man. Uh, leave that out, man. God. We don't need that stuff. Uh, I, I agree. So It's so off-putting. It's so quickly off-putting now anymore when somebody does it. They might have the greatest line that they're going to say afterwards about how they've overcome, you know, such adversity, become, you know, a great champion. But if they say something really like just sort of cheap and off-putting right before Stop that, listening, I'm, right? I'm done. I'm Don't, tuned I'm out. out. I'm tuned out. And, I'm, and at that point, I don't even want to listen anymore. Whereas at least if somebody's just talking like this. I'll keep listening because I want to see what else is yeah, going to come out of his mouth. That's you know? it. To me, he's the example of what trash talk needs to be like. It's crazy. Like it used to be. And he's he's like he's great. I was like it's funny in the interview. I asked him. I'm like, look, uh, I don't mean this the wrong way or whatever, but like, do you want people to like like you and care about you? I was like, because people are going to hate you. If not, they suck. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, I don't care. He's like, I don't give one f. I'm just going to have a good time and be me, and I don't care. So. Go That's check funny. that out uh, on the uh, on the uh, MMA Underground YouTube channel. It was it was fun to well, me. Well, speaking of you, because you've done it's funny. I've seen some of the other interviews you did, and you know, and I don't know if he can be your favorite because I saw how uh, you brought up your old school favorite. Uh, was it uh, Ishi uh, Taratu? Oh, Taruto Ishihara. Taruto, yeah. 
Well, that was great. So, yes, I was – I inter- forgot all about him. Dude, I was interviewing Uriah Faber. I was actually talking to him last night as well. He's debuting the A1 Combat Series on UFC Fight Pass uh, this Sunday. And so I was talking to him about that and, like, getting into promoting yeah. and, you know, that sort of thing. And we were, like, literally done with the interview. And I'll be honest, I, I, I hadn't seen – I saw the main event – but I didn't look at the full card because yeah. I knew it was like California regional prospects. So I didn't, I didn't, and maybe that's on me that I should have studied the card, but I just assumed it was, you know, up and coming prospects. So we were about done with the interview and he was like, Hey, Oh yeah. I forgot to tell you. He's like, Teruto Ishihara is on there. And then he even says, Teruto Ishihara is on the card. He's the one that you'll remember is probably most famous for saying he loves his bitches. Yeah. And, 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 <laughs> I and love my bitches. I was, I was cracking up that he said it. That's the way he sold it. And I was like, oh, yeah, I'm a Teruto Ishihara fan. I was like, man, well, I hope he gets to enjoy his bitches. And, and it, it, so it was kind of – it was actually funny because I was going to cut that up and put it on social media, like just that little clip. I love my bitches. And then I was like, nah, I remember how people, like some people were like, this is incredibly offensive, whatever. And I was like, I hope he gets to love his bitches, you know, or enjoy <laughs> his bitches. And I, I, I was like, nah, I'm not going to put this on social media because this, yeah. is is this is going to offend some people. And it's oh, gonna man, get, he was Maybe so it gets Uriah in trouble or Teruto in trouble yeah. or me in trouble. And you don't want to cause him any, like to lose like a fight or something, like yeah. lose the opportunity to fight because yeah. of backlash or something. Man, that dude was so funny. He had such – Energy, man. Man, he's he's, been, he's on a bad stretch. He's had of a losses. couple of setbacks, Woo! we'll say. Yes, Teruto Shihara has had a couple of setbacks. He's looking to get back in the yeah. win column, and this is an opportunity for him. Since 2017. Yeah, I know. Woo! I pulled it up afterwards, too. After he said that, I was like, what? He is? And I pulled up the record, and I was like, ooh. Well, it's even kind of crazy. He's still not really that old. He's still 30, but I f- this was a long – it feels like this was forever ago it when does. we were seeing him. But that just goes to show how young he was when he was – you know, coming in and seeing it. So, you see, he made his UFC debut 2015. What is that? How many years is that? Seven years. Seven ago. years. Gosh, like 23. I was 23. He was a baby. Baby, man. He was a pup. Yeah. So, hey, well, thank you for mentioning the interviews. Yeah, I'm doing a lot more interviews and yeah, stuff I'm over that. at the uh, – Yeah, I saw that. You know, I see that. Got to have the unique content. Got to have the uh, – Is it unique, though? Because we we're interviewing the same people over at that other site you used to work at. Well, yeah. But your interview might, was probably better. But I mean. That's what I'm saying. But, well, yeah, well, but it's unique. Look, that's look, why I feel like people do these cycles. It's funny because I, like, I was like, oh, there's Feldman. I was like, damn it, didn't we just get Feldman? And then there was something else. I was like, I was like, are they calling – John and then calling us after that and oh, like setting I'm up sure, in No, or I'm something. sure I'm sure we're on the same media list but but it is it is unique kind of, I will say in being, you know, at, at the MMA underground now, mixedmartialarts.com, you, you do like see that plug. Yeah, yeah, just, you know, just <laughs> that there. Uh, you do see you do see the value and now it's kind of funny cuz now I'm on the outside and now I can understand like why all like the independent sites and all that stuff like why they probably hate MMA fighting and MMA junkie because like they're all getting the same content, yeah. except that we have these, ma- you know, when when we're at MMA junkie and MMA fight, we the, the massive platforms. So why is their stuff going to get any clicks or any views whatsoever? And so that's kind of the way that I'm like, dude, I sat there and did, you know, yeah. lead on on twelve interviews today, but I only produced two of them. Yeah. Because what good does it really do me to produce the other ten? When the let's be honest, the majority of people are gonna are gonna you know consume that content on MMA Junkie, MMA Fighting, whatever. So it's, yeah, it's, but you do a good job of putting like the 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 Twitter part in there as well, cutting like a little clip and stuff yeah. like that where you put a little context in it. I think for us, if if there's not something crazy catchy or whatever, nobody's cutting a social thing. So right. like we might put twelve interviews out there, but we cut no social things right. from it or whatever. 
So I think at least the good use you're you're putting your Twitter following yeah. to good use by putting some of that stuff. But out once there. we have a dedicated social person at our at our staff of one, I I, I believe within the next couple of but weeks, still you're gonna have more. I mean, you're still gonna have more. How many followers does the underground have? Do they have like a their own Twitter? Uh, small right now, but yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I my I mean, still gonna do more better. Or, yeah, yeah, keeping my, it on my per- I, No, I'll still continue. Are you stuff gonna give online. them control to? To tweet from your account of my account? Yeah, hell no. Like all the fighters do, they give it to like their social guy, and he and he's tweeting out nah, stuff. Nah, so nah. random, we're gonna get some tweet from you that's not gonna be about beer or no, whatever. And we're gonna nah, be like, nah, nah. who is this? My social media. You have my promise right now. My social media feed is always <laughs> my social media feed. It's one hundred percent earnest. It's honest. It's me. That's it. If you see mine start to doing tweets all the time, mine's probably been taken over. <laughs> it probably happened. You know, it's funny. So this last Saturday, like I said, we worked together. I, I will say, and I don't think it's uh, putting anybody in on, on blast or anything, but we did get to see the Tyson Fury fight, right, before the fight started. Oh, yeah. that, was I thought awesome. that was pretty cool that we got that to so see fun. it. But I, but I tell you what, man, this whole week I feel like has been consumed by this conversation of Tyson Fury versus Francis Ngannou. And uh, and, and even we're even seeing now a little bit of Kamaru Usman and, and uh, Canelo, Canelo Alvarez. Listen, uh I'm not down for either of those, if I'm just being honest. Yeah. But here's the thing is, I'm torn. I mean, I'm torn. I'm torn. I'm torn. I'm torn. Because here's the thing. Obviously, I want those. If those dudes can go get a $30 million paycheck or whatever it is, yeah. I want them to go get that That's $30 million it. paycheck. But as far as, like, really thinking it's going to be competitive, right? I, I, I don't think it's going to be I – mean, now, now, I will yeah. say this. It sounds like Ngannou and, and Fury are talking about doing like a mixed rules type thing, which if we start mixing the rules a when, little when bit – say When they start saying mixed rules – when you when you're trying to tell me, oh hey, we're gonna just allow you to use a smaller glove, that's not mixed no, rules no, no, that's, to me. That's not enough. That's not that's not mixed rules. If mixed rules is how about let's do like what Demetrius Johnson yes. and Rod Tang did. Yeah. Where you mixed up like this and then this. That's mixing up the rules. At least, you know. If you at least add low kicks like or, or kicks of any kind, not just low yeah. kicks, but if you at least add kicks, which I would think Francis Nagano would focus on the low kick because oh, yeah. you know what I mean, like Dude, he could take out Fury's legs. He could take out Fury's legs so quick because Fury's going to have to change his stance. You know what I mean? If you at least clinching is nothing. Like I hate when people like, oh, or they do like. Remember because there was one that ones they're like, oh, well they're allowed to clinch. Who fucking cares? Guys like Tyson Fury are not going to be like, oh, I'm so worn out because Francis was clinching me. I agree. You know, for for a whole round. I mean, this whole. uh, I mean, I saw Francis saying like the four ounce gloves or whatever. That's that's nothing. That's not a real concession. I I agree. So I saw Francis saying maybe we do it barefoot. Okay, that's just ridiculous. Like that. That's just just, that's what you want. That exactly. So that's ridiculous. Does he not like shoes? (laughs) But yeah, like I'm gonna fight so much better in my bare feet, so you can stub my toe. Tyson Fury's really self conscious about his feet. So like it's gonna he's gonna be, look, he's gonna be looking game. at his feet the whole time. I'm gonna catch him oh, with an uppercut. People are gonna see my feet. You know when about the at least the what I feel and maybe I'm wrong, but what I see and feel different about those two fights is that Tyson is on board and having fun with the promotion of Francis. Francis is having fun with it. Of course, it's still gonna be a fight, and both guys are gonna give their effort, but they're having fun with it. Right. But they're also taking it lighthearted. Canelo is just like. What the fuck is this being yeah, yeah, thrown yeah. at me? You know, like I thought the tweet, you know, who the f- who the fuck is this talking about Ali? I thought it was funny because he's just like, guys, I'm not asking for this. You the guys keep throwing this stuff at me, and like, 
of course, Canelo would outbox the shit out of Kamaru Usman. Dude, and I have all know? the respect in the world for Usman. Yes, man. he's got great hands, but Canelo is the baddest fucking boxer there is right now. I mean, I'm sure there's other guys that are amazing. But no, he's right there. He's right he, there. He's, I mean, he's, you can't have the conversation and not have him in it. I mean, he's fighting as good as ever right now. And as great as Kamaru can piece up some guys in the UFC, it, it's two totally different things. But the fact with that, it's like – you know, uh, them, they're just like, man, they're like fucking thirsty for the fight. They're like, fight us, fight us, Canelo. Come on, Canelo. Come on. Canelo's like, dude, I'm making mad money fighting real boxers and much bigger challenges. Yep. I just feel like they're fucking just pulling on his coattails. Let's make this happen. Where at least with Tyson and Francis, they're having fun with it. Um, I Francis has expressed interest in trying to do boxing at some point. So... I know that boxing has meant something to him, but if you have Tyson Fury on board, just like they always say with a lot of things, if you have two people that want to get in the cage and are willing to throw down, and you know both of them are going to make huge paychecks, they'll be the biggest paychecks that Francis has ever received. I'm, I like that fight. Do I think he's going to win? No. Do I think he'll land a good shot or two on him? Fuck yeah, I think he will. I mean, like Tyson, as he's got great head movement for a big dude, man, oh, yeah. and he's just got these... Is the way when he gets when he gets t- keyed in, man, his punches just come at weird angles, but they always make good contact. He's strong, powerful. He's got a nasty uppercut, as we saw recently. Um, but I just like for me that fight is fun because there's more, there's more mm, what if possibilities in that one as opposed to 100%. the Canelo. Oh, hundred percent. And, they, yeah. and again, especially because they're not even talking about a mixed rules fight. You know, look, I will yeah. say. In the if, if the heavyweights go, ahead, the four ounce gloves do make it a little bit more intriguing. Sure, a little bit more intriguing, but still, but you still gotta hit him. You still gotta hit him. Still, you gotta, still hit him. gotta hit him. That, <laughs> he moves so good for such a big dude. Yeah. he's so big and t- that was one thing I, I, you know, I was I was starting to wonder if it was like the way the camera is, but um, Francis is a ginormous dude. Yes, Tyson is so tall yeah it is ridiculous so i didn't see the crazy difference but then i started thinking like okay is this just the angle of the camera because i know that francis is tall he is big but tyson is just ginormous man but when i looked at him i was like okay there's not there's not a big height difference and i was like no that's probably not right i think this is just the way that the camera presented it for a guy that big and just the way he's able to just move his body i mean he can keep his feet stationary and he bends so far back and like off to the sides quickly and he misses these big punches that he it's like a freak of nature yeah. like it's just amazing he's amazing how quick he moves for such a big dude and then at that same point he moves in these awkward ways to evade a shot but he still has such good balance that he can come back with like a nice uppercut or these punches and that's the sweet science of like the boxing yeah because if you got that good footing you could be moving your body and twisting all around and still come back at a point and twist your body another direction, come back with power in his punches where MMA guys, a lot of these other guys, they're overcorrecting, they're lunging off their base, they're losing their balance because they're throwing too much other shit at it. And it's just amazing watching a big But it's okay because you can it. because you, if you get off balance, then you can Did be inside for the takedown. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. You know, and it's just so different. It's just so different. But that one, I'm, I'm in, I mean, I'm into it because – both of the guys are into it, and I would love to see Francis make a lot of money, and I would love to see – I would watch it because I would be just waiting to see if that power touches what the reaction yeah. would be. 
and, and and but not a regular boxing match. Can't be a regular boxing match. No, well, and that's the thing. I don't see how we're going to get anything that wouldn't be what could be overall perceived as a boxing match. It's the only way it's going to happen. I mean, as much as Tyson has teased around and has like worked out with MMA guys and did other shit, he will never give up the possibility of Francis being able to to go in for a takedown and like take him to the ground. I mean, as big as he is and as great as his his foundation is when he stands to, like, throw boxing, he doesn't, I mean, he can't, I mean, no one's ever said that Francis was great on the ground either, but I will take him. If you give the the possibility of someone to take somebody down, I'm going to go all in on Francis. What we saw from him, his last fight, it it was a completely different Francis to me. For him to be able to do what he did to Cyril Gaon, I was just like, holy shit, who is this dude? Yeah, yeah. You know, um... And Tyson, while he's big, tall, he does not have big, strong legs. I mean, like he's not gonna learn to take down. Francis is gonna scoop up those, without, yeah. scoop up those legs and take them down. Um, but I just don't see how this is gonna be anything but a boxing. As much as they say mixed rules, I mean, but if that's what gets the fight to happen, and I'm Francis, fucking do it. If they say all I'm gonna give you, all I'm gonna concede is four ounce gloves, take it and run with it. I mean, but to me, that's not really – that's not mixed rules. Four, that's four, just, four, I, that's at least four-ounce gloves. Like, at least four-ounce gloves. If it's just a straight-up boxing match, yeah. no uh, no adjustments, no nothing, like, I, I just – I don't see it yeah. as even remotely competitive. Four-ounce gloves at least changes the idea that he can – you know, again, he has to touch him, maybe but just if he lands him, that one shot. Do you think it – maybe they just say, fuck it, we want to make a mixture. How about we do bare knuckle? There's no way they're doing bare knuckle. There ain't no way they're doing bare <laughs> knuckle. But I'd be down knuckle? for that. Oh. And, I bare, and, and you know what? In bare knuckle, I'd take Tyson because I think Fran, Francis would probably would probably break his hand. Because, oh, you know, the whole thing is about picking your shots yeah, and yeah, being yeah. exactly accurate. I bet Francis would break his hand pretty early on if, again, if he landed. You yeah. know what I mean? Because that's, that's the whole thing about bare knuckles. Like, if you hit the top of the head – you know the wrong place. Yeah. Like you're definitely breaking your hand. You have to be really careful about the way you, the way you strike. And so. imagine what you know. Tyson knows how to work his head. Like if he knows, I'm sure he's been in a few bar fights oh, and there's one like he sees two. that punch coming to drop his drop his forehead. Absolutely. Oh. Yeah, I take I take I take Tyson in a bare knuckle fight. We'll see. Like I said, it, it, it just I, I I want Francis to get paid. I, I want him to get, get his paid. money. Of course, man. He deserves it, man. All these guys deserve it. Like, if there's an opportunity on on the table for them to get big cash, I want everybody to get paid the most they can. I just, from a competitive perspective, it's a pure boxing match. I'm not interested if it's changed. Not that I wouldn't tune in. Not if it's a pure yeah, boxing I'd match. I'd watch it. I'd watch. But yeah. I just, I wouldn't, I wouldn't uh, have very high expectations of it going very well for quote unquote our Team guy. MMA. You know well, I mean? that's, yeah. At this point now, now I'm just like. I don't, not that I'm like, ah, I don't even want to hear that anymore because now I feel like because maybe if we weren't on such a big losing streak, maybe we'd root for it again. But now I'm just like, but I think the thing that hasn't changed, I think all of us want the quote-unquote MMA guys to get the big paycheck. Yeah. You know, we want our guys to get the big paycheck and whatever it takes, you know. Um, I would love to see him get life-changing money. I'm sure the money that he's already got is is life-changing but this is really life changing. This is generational. Genera- I was gonna say that's generational you know, change. I mean, like this is just ridiculous. And uh, the good thing about it is that you know that even if this doesn't, I feel like he's put it out there in the universe. He will get some big boxing matches at some point. Mm-hmm. Will it be this one right now? Maybe not. But when that contract is full and completely done, he's free to do whatever the hell he wants to do. So I would think that if the UFC is willing to 
get a little piece of the pie and allow this to happen, then also get the possibility of re-signing them to some more fights. I'd be like, let's make this happen. I hope they figure it out too, because it's just it's a better promotion when they're involved, man. They're they're, yeah. they're great promoters. They do a fantastic job. I did, by the way, you know what's funny? So we didn't get to see the post fight interview, uh, it, at least with sound, because we were watching it at the UFC Apex with no sound. But uh, did you get a chance to watch the the post fight interview where Tyson was asking Francis if he has a big dick? No, oh, I my didn't. <laughs> no, I'm glad I didn't. <laughs> he was like, they were doing the post fight interview, and they brought Francis in and. And, and Tyson is like, I mean, look, it'd be a great fight. Look at him. Look at how big he is. He's a handsome guy. He's like, I bet you have a big Corey, too. And, and, and he was like, what are you talking about? He's like, big Corey. You got a big Corey. You got a big – like, he was like pointing down. This when Francis finally figured it out. He was like, what? He, he just kind of laughed. Like, I can't believe you. You crazy, man. It was pretty funny. So we'll see what happens. Uh, listen, uh, in the world of MMA, we kind of mentioned one championship as well. I did want to say worth mentioning, uh, one announced today that they're going to be doing – uh, they signed a five-year deal with Amazon uh, Prime Video, uh, Prime Video Sports. They're going to be doing 12 shows. Now, this is exclusive to to the U.S. and Canada, I believe, is the details. And they'll be doing 12 shows annually uh, for the next five years. I think it's pretty intriguing for a, for a number of reasons. N- number one, I think this is going to be good for one in the terms of these are going to be uh, primetime shows. So these are not going to be that 2 a.m. show, 3 a.m. show that's impossible to watch. These are going to be in prime time in the U.S. market, which is big. What I, <laughs> what, what I don't know, and I'm sure we won't find out, is exactly how much money it's bringing them. I don't know if it's a huge revenue deal, but I just think it's it's interesting, right? Because I think we've all been talking about it, and this is the first step there, that, man, these massive streaming services, man, Amazon Prime, Apple, Netflix, you know, these massive streaming platforms – that's definitely where everything's going, man. Yeah, definitely where everything's going. Did you see the news from one? Did you get that? Get that release? Yeah, yeah. With Amazon Prime? Yeah, yeah. They sent it out. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. And I wonder if that. So that's just for broadcast, right? Just for the broadcast show. Twelve. So twelve annual shows. I think their normal show will still be on their own platform. From what, from what I see, they they just said twelve annual shows prime time. So that's not going to take away so twelve from in other addition. Shows. I think so. Oh, okay. I think so. I was they, about so that. they haven't announced the full schedule yet. So I don't know if that means they're taking away 12 from their their normal series and shifting it over here, or they're adding 12. They haven't announced all that exactly yet, but there'll be 12 dates that are actually on uh, Primetime US, and they'll be on, on Amazon Prime Prime Video. So I'm kind of anxious to see how that plays out. Yeah, I, I think – I think everybody has been expecting these big, you know, big streaming platforms to yeah. get into because live sports are all that anybody watches live, right? I mean, it's you know, t- there's not live TV anymore, man. It's live sports. You know, everything else is kind of on it's demand. Funny you say it like that, unless it's like unless I put on like the news or something, uh, and even that, I'm not going through a cable. I'm yeah. just over like the what air show do you have? You're like, oh, it's Thursday at seven o'clock. Got to yeah. be home to watch that. Doesn't exist. It really it's doesn't. live sports, and it's not wow. going to change. That's crazy. Yeah, it's man. crazy thinking like that. But it used to be, yeah, back. Well, I guess back in the days when you used to have to tape your shows or whatever, you made it to your shows or you didn't get to see your That's show. That's it. Not now. You didn't <laughs> get it on now. demand. But now, I mean, yeah. this, and, and again, it all boils down to advertising, right? Why do people want you to watch live? Because they want to have their live advertising in it, and that's what it all boils down to. So it'll uh, be interesting to see uh, where that goes. So they, yeah, they just announced it today. Uh, not not all the uh, details yet, but we at least know that. So uh, interesting to watch and interesting to see how that impacts other organizations moving forward. So, in the meantime, we're here in Las Vegas covering UFC on ESPN 35. Rob Font versus Marlon Chito Vera in the main event. Big Bantamweight fight. Potentially 
a fight to get somebody a number one contender fight. Not a number one contender yeah. fight, but a, a fight that I think Cheeto especially feels that if he wins, he probably deserves a number one contender fight. Eh, some of that's going to depend on how the division shakes out. Some of that's probably going to depend on exactly what Henry Cejudo does in his return, which, by the way, I will say, this whole this whole time that Henry Cejudo has been out of the USADA testing program, anytime he tweeted something or said something, I was just like, Pay no mind. Like, you're yeah. not even in the pro- – I, I like you, Henry Cejudo. I always liked you, Henry Cejudo. But pay no mind. You're not even in the testing program. What are Get we doing? Get in the pool. Get what in are the we pool. doing? He got in the pool. He put, yeah. he put the floaty on and he jumped <laughs> in the pool. You know what I'm saying? He got that USADA testing pool and now it's worth it. So, for Cheeto Vera – Like the little round floaty? Or are you talking about little little – Arm wings. Yeah, you know what? I see, arms, I, see, the I, I, see, I see the king of cringe is more of like the, the little arm ones. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I see more of those little arm floaties. Probably like like little crowns what on each. Little, little crowns wings? on each. Uh, wings. Water wings. Water wings. <laughs> yeah. I can see them. There's like little crowns on each one. And he just, just wades so out. It's like it. two belts, right? These are like these are like belts, but full of air. I mean. Because I'm the champ champ. In fair, oh, oh, nah, I was going to make a short joke, but we'll leave it alone. <laughs> It's just been efficient for him. So you say you cut the joke short. Oh! Cold coffee always there. Uh, big fight here. Um, like I said, uh, it's a meaningful fight. I think it's going to be a very entertaining fight. It is uh, Cheeto's first main event. So first time going five rounds. First time with the added pressure, the spotlight, what have you. I think he's fine with that. I mean, the dude is, has been fighting for a while. He's fought in some big, yeah. big arenas. Uh, he does a lot of... Uh, TV work and stuff like that, so it's not like being and in front the of the apex. cameras. It's the apex. <laughs> it's I don't think that factors in. Uh, you know the the pressure of the moment. Yeah. Um, but it is five rounds. It is a very good boxer in Rob Font. Uh, Cheeto is the underdog a little bit, but I, I will say yeah. I don't know how you leaned in your MMA junkie stat picks. The MMA underground stuff. I don't know if I update you this. I'm in first place over at the MMA underground. Oh staff. really? Yeah. Are you one man. out of one out of one. One out of one. I'm, da- I'm You're da- just gonna give yourself that trophy right now. You're I just am. gonna put the little. Trophy. I, you know what? At the end of the year, I'm giving myself the trophy. I'm like, dude, the first ever back to back dual organization winner in MMA pick history. <laughs> Nobody in the history of MMA journalism has ever won a staff pick contest at one site one year. And then gone to another and won that Created one. Created it. I'm as breaking well. history. Yeah, yeah man. Wow. Creating history. Undisputed, unchallenged champion. Champ, champ, son. <laughs> champ, champ. Uh, <laughs> uh, but no, you know what? I I like. Uh, I I have been. I will say this. Uh, I have been doing a, uh, a a little, just a quick. I mean, it's a little sixty second piece, but uh, a video piece with Justin Barrasso over at Sports Illustrated, um, and we've been doing like a quick little video breakdown every week. And uh, I don't know if ours has been released for this week or not, so I'll give you a little tease. I think they usually put it out on Friday, um, but I, I said I would lean towards Cheeto in this. He's a slight dog. You did. Uh, he 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 got uh, he opened as a bigger dog than he is now, but uh, yeah, I, I I think I like Cheeto here. I will say this. If it's a pure boxing match and Cheeto can't create some scrambles, can't you know make some different things happen, uh, I, I think you know you stay at range and try to outbox Rob Font. You do that at your own risk. Um, I, I do wonder a little bit about what I think is a relatively quick turnaround from a broken orbital man yeah. four months ago. That's the only thing I'm iffy about. I did I did lean towards Font though, uh, but you're right. I mean that's that's one of those things that you know it's like, are you really back? Are you really ready? You know, I mean, you take that one good solid punch, and you're like, "Wow, that this fight's going to be over." Because then you're not fighting; you're not going to fight after that. Uh, I don't know. Um, I went towards Font. I just feel like overall, I think he's the more well-rounded of the two. I think 
Vera's got, I don't want to say has more heart, but I think when if it gets down to one of those things where you have to gut out the fight and you just have to pull it out by your heart and your effort, I'll lean towards Vera all day long. I, I love what he said today, right? Because, you know, he had these two great back-to-back performances after the loss to Aldo. And, and I was like, what was the key? And normally it's like, oh, it's just all coming together and stuff. He was like, no. It was that loss to Aldo where he held me down. And he's like, and I'm not going to sit here and complain that he held me down. I'm not going to say that, you know, yeah. it, it should have been a restart. Like, no, I should have gotten up. And he's like, and I didn't. And that dude won. And he was like, and it pissed me off. Yeah. And it made me <laughs> mad. And it, and it made me realize I'm not ever going to let anybody beat me like that again. And I, and I love the ownership of that. You yeah. know what I mean? Was so, he mad and say he won? To, to get that win back. And oh, like, yeah. He's, but did he call me, call him like a name or something, too? Like, uh, I thought he, like, was, like, pissed. I was like, I don't ever did anything, like, bad, but I thought he was, no, like, I, he was like, I, thought, I, thought, name, he, I he? thought he was like, I'll get that fucker back or I'll. Oh, well, he cut. Yeah, he meant like the Chino fight. dropped some f bombs here yeah, and there, or something. Man. But I was just like, I, I didn't, I didn't maybe, hear anything but maybe, disrespectful. But he, maybe then, in that sense, I could see where I would say that you know, like the fucker could be the fight. I'm gonna get that yeah. fight back. I, I didn't, I didn't, and not like out. I was just like, dude, why is say, he saying that? To I do I, I, and we'd have to go back and review the tape. It would not surprise me if he said that. But I do remember and listen. I don't ever remember him saying anything disrespectful. In fact, he quite so he maybe went, wasn't. In he his went mind quite the about, other way where yeah. he was like. That dude held me down. Yeah. That's him. You know what I mean? He did that. I can't take that credit away from him. So maybe so. he was just talking about and said like the loss. Yeah, that loss. Yeah, if 100%. it was, if and if I am paraphrasing, him. but I remember thinking I was like, damn, he just said something. But maybe he he was referencing the loss or the fight. Like I'll get that fight back or I'll get that loss back. Yeah. Whereas I took it when he said I was like, damn, why is he why is he trying to come nah. at Aldo? I was like, dude, that was Aldo just was the better dude. Yeah. I was like, no, I think he went out of his way to say it in the most respectful. So yeah, I, both I, these dudes got the loss to Aldo. I know, right? Where you, at, Where Try- you at, Jose? Where you at, Jose? Trying to write off Jose Aldo. Good luck, good luck, man. No. The dude's still there. The dude's still elite, man. It's crazy. Yeah, uh, co-main event: Andre Olaski versus Jake Collier. Uh, obviously, I had to had to get up and give a little love to my man Andre Olaski. That's uh, I- I'll just I'm I'm yeah. unabashed, unafraid. Andre Olaski Homer. It's never gonna change. Sorry, the love is there. The love is there. It's it's a it's a 15 year bromance. <laughs> Sorry, dog. I got I'm 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 rolling Andre Olaski. But it's good. Time. Like I mean, Andre came in with smiling laugh. You could tell that he was smiling laugh because I I told you the day the last time he came in there and you weren't and he looked around and he was just like not frowning and he was good but it was just like. He didn't come in and like had that little like smile as you sat down. Like he, yeah. he looked or he he scanned the room and saw you. He was like, ee. and he smiled and stuff. So I was like, oh god, here we go. I honestly feel, and again, I'm not trying to pump myself up. You know me, I'm a humble guy, man. I'm not. I honestly feel I'm like the only dude that gets a decent interview out of Andre Alaski. I feel like anybody else, he's just like, I don't want to. Could be. Could be. <laughs> I still think about that roof start, the rooftop story that you told from oh, Brazil. Oh my god. The man – this story has been told, but if you're a newer listener haven't heard forgot, <laughs> the man jumped off the roof in Brazil at, a, at an after party uh, just, to, just to mess with everybody, just to scare yeah. everybody. We were like 13 floors up, and he saw that there was a planter on the outside of the, of the rooftop bar. It was like – so there were, you know, a planter holding, you know, bushes or whatever, decorative. He saw it, and he jumped over and landed on that, which – could have easily slipped off. Could have easily 
That thing could have brought. I mean, I'm not trying been, to. I'm, I'm mean, not trying to disrespect the Brazilian yeah. building code or anything like that. But I mean, that's a big man, dude. That's a large man. I mean, they might have skipped some uh, steps in erecting that planter. I'm just saying, the man jumped off, and literally, like all of us were like, Andre Lasky just killed himself. Like, and we all just like, like literally, everybody that was there drinking on this rooftop bar just stopped and was like, Oh God! And then he just like. <laughs> Waits a few seconds and then just like everybody's like, what, what, what do we, what do we do? And he just pops up and is like, hey! <laughs> just kidding, guys. I'm safe and sound. How about that, I got you. <laughs> it may have sounded a little bit different. Yeah, I imagine. <laughs> yeah, everybody's like, dude. So ridiculous. I literally, for a brief moment, thought Andre Lasky had jumped off a. Of- a roof and kill themselves. See, you have those shared moments, and I'm sure he draws upon those when you guys get together. He does. He does. He's uh, a good dude, though. He is a good dude, man. I'll, I'll, I'll be honest. I'll just I'll be pulling for him in this. And no disrespect to Jake whatsoever, but Andre's Andre's one of the legends of the sport, man, and he, he's got the, the the respect of of everybody, man, because he's been around forever. Uh, featured fight after that, Andre Feely versus Joe Anderson Brito. Great fight here. Uh, Joe Anderson Brito came in, uh, lost his UFC debut, um, but a very very entertaining fight. Um, and, and a guy that's incredibly dangerous against Andre Feely, who um, obviously one of our favorites here on the road show as well. He's just always been a good dude. And honestly, man, I think Andre Feely is one of the best interviews in the game right now, man, just because yeah. he's so open and honest. That's it. He, he talks about And I think he's always flaws. kind of been that way, too. Yes. I mean, you know, I don't think he's ever – uh, you know, I think he had that swagger when he first came in. So he, he had that self-bravado, but even while he still had that – he was very honest and open. He was just like very self-aware of the things that he went through to get to where he was and to get that self-confidence. And he was always willing to share that. And even more so still today. I mean, I think everything he says, he understands that. And he understands the platform that he's at. So I, I think he, it resonates with him that the words that he says can actually have meaning for those that might be in a position similar to what he was, you know, and that was, you know, we say it often, you know, I mean, there's so much in these fighters lives. A lot of times that we don't get a chance to, to see, we're always so caught up in the fight, you know, that we'll get glimpses every once in a while when they open up, you know, when they pull the curtain back a little bit and, and share those moments. And then we're like, wow, okay. You know, we might, you know, a lot of times you put sports, these, these sports athletes on these pedestals, but you know, when it all boils down to, there's still human beings underneath. And a lot of times we don't see that sort of stuff. So when they do open up a lot of times and share that, um, there's something so wonderful and humanizing about it, but also when they can take their story and relate it to others that are going for it and then be a beacon to sort of work through those sort of things. And, and he did that again today, you know, listen, it's what I love about the sport the most. If I mean a hundred percent honest, like I, I love the technique. I'm a big, I'm a big grappling nerd. I love it. You know, the first time I saw Hoist Gracie do a triangle choke, I'm like, what the hell? Like he choked him out with his legs. Like yeah. this is, I've never heard of this. I must learn it. So I love the grappling. Obviously everybody loves big knockouts. And it's fun to see two yeah. dudes just go at it. You know, Griffin Bonner S that's amazing. But what I honestly truly love about the sport the most is these athletes and what they go through to get here. Like, it is extreme sacrifice to get to what they do. And it is a sport that, you know, if people are being honest with you, they'll tell you. There's doubt every day, man. There's doubt every fight. There's there's fear every doubt. And, to, and, and it's what I've loved from day one. It's just 
to know what these people are are doing, man, and to see what they overcome to do it, it's inspirational to me, man. It really is inspirational to me. And so that's one of the reasons I, I love the sport so much. And Andre, I think and again and I do think a lot of people are starting to talk about it more. It used to not be as much. You know, it was like wasn't cool to talk about it. I remember for years when like Donald Cerrone was kind of afraid yep. to say that he was talking to a sports psychologist because it just wasn't cool back then, you know, but now no problem talking Every about Every fight it. week we hear about somebody talking with a sports 100%, psychologist. 100%. So I, awesome. I love hearing about this stuff because I think it's inspirational and it applies to things that aren't just mixed martial Like the lessons that are taught are not just lessons that apply if you're a professional fighter. Right. They apply in life. And I thought Andre yep. gave us a lot of that. Thing. So I definitely want to uh, let everybody hear this audio from Andre Feely because um, he was once again uh, incredibly open. And uh, I, I don't know, man. I just I, I love hearing the guy talk about it. Check, check, check. Welcome back. Uh, that last fight, I know immediately after the last fight, you know, you, you, you were pretty positive, even though it was kind of a weird ending. Were you able to keep that same feel when you went home, or was it like a little bit, ah, oh, I didn't, didn't quite get what I wanted there? Uh, I was bummed, you know. Oh, yeah. Sorry. It's a small room. Um, I, was, I was a little bit bummed, honestly. Um, I was happy, mostly, mostly happy with my performance. Felt I had a great performance. Um, obviously, the ending is what we wanted. Um, it's been a real tough. I've been inactive for eight months. It's been a real uh, the past. The past eight months has been real tough for me, honestly. In certain ways, it's been a real uh, it's been a real test. Um, but I've come back better. You know, I, I've I've really had to deal with a lot of things in these past eight months. Being inactive and having a lot of uncertainty in my life, you know, and. I got a mortgage to pay. You know, I have people that I want to make proud. I have all these goals that I want to check off the list and I can't do that inactive. Not only was I inactive, I also didn't have a UFC contract secured, you know? So there was a lot of uncertainty these past, um, eight months. And I, 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 I you know, I walked, walked through the fire, came out better. I got a, uh, I got a new contract signed. I busted my ass doing three or four sessions a day. And, uh, and I'm, I'm ready to go to the next one. I'm ready to focus on, I've been focused on Saturday. I'm ready to just get another win. You know, that's the, been the biggest lesson since that fight is just what's in the past is in the past, man. You just got to keep pushing forward. And, and that's what I'm focused on is, is constant progression. Well, and I don't want to make you live through it all. Right. I know you want to move forward, but I was curious about that. Like, I mean, did they give you any idea of like why it took, I mean, you've been around for a while. You put on entertaining fights. It doesn't seem like a hard decision for him to make. I don't know, man. It's a weird thing. I've, I've, I've kind of grown up in this company. You know, I got here. I was 23. I was a baby still. I'm 31 now. Like that in and of itself, as I get older, something that my, my coach Danny Castillo um, has kind of helped instill in me is just like the pride and longevity. You know, like a lot of people are here and they're gone before you realize it. I've, this has been my whole life. This has been my job. When people ask like, oh, what? Like, I don't have a lot of careers to list. Like, this is it. You know what I'm saying? I'm in the UFC. I've been in the UFC. Um, so it is a little weird to me. I've been here for so long and I've never been in a boring fight. And there's not a lot of people who could say that. And uh, to me, it's a no brainer. Like, I don't think I should have to wait eight months between fights. But again, man, I'm just real focused on like, controlling the controllables all i can control is myself you know and i put in so much work and i did everything to the best of my ability and now i'm ready to go perform and like that's all i really care about man i just i can't focus on the other shit you know and as long as i win fights everything else will work itself out i got a nice nice new contract that's looking pretty uh and um, i'm excited to i'm excited to go get my money
So the mortgage payment's not a problem now. Mortgage payment's not a problem. <laughs> and here's the thing. The mortgage payment, thankfully, um, because as I've gotten older, I've gotten smarter with money. The mortgage payment wasn't a problem in those eight months. But there's definitely there's definitely like a voice in the back of your head when you've gone eight months without any income. You know, thankfully, I'm I'm prepared for that. But you don't want to go another eight months. You'd like to see a light at the end of the tunnel. And when there isn't one, it's like how long – it's a question of character. It's like how long – can you can you push forward when there's no finish line? Like how long are you down to sprint as hard as you can when you don't know where the finish line is? When you got to really um, got to take a hard look at yourself and and you got to ask yourself some hard questions. And I got through it. I'm better for it. I know we're here to talk about fighting, but I'm curious. Is is that kind of the hardest part of this profession? Right? Is like you get these fat checks like once or twice a year. Yeah. And you got to realize, like, you're not going to be fighting when you're 50. You know what I mean? It's not like a normal job. Is that the hardest part is understanding, like, this money looks like a lot, but it's not if you don't take care of it? Yeah, 100%. You know, Um, it's kind of – everything is relative, right? So, like, what used to be a lot of money isn't a lot of money to me now. And what used to be a big problem isn't a big problem now. You know, you just kind of – you just kind of grow – you grow into things as you get older. So, like, I remember I made – my UFC debut, I made 16 grand. And I was like, that's it. I'm rich, bitch. Call my mom. We don't have to live like this anymore. Like, we're, I'm set. Like, I'm doing, I made 16 grand. I'd never seen that much money in my life. Like, I was ready to, I was ready. I was like, you couldn't tell me anything. And I blew through all of it. And then at the end of the year, I fought one more time. I think I made like 30 grand that year. And I thought I was, I thought I was living. And then they were like, hey, uh, you owe nine grand in taxes. <laughs> I'm like, I don't have nine grand. Like, I haven't seen nine grand for months. Like, you know what I'm saying? I got nothing in my bank account. So, you know, going from that, being 23 and blowing through checks to getting bigger checks and being smarter with the money, it's just, it's all relative, you know? It's like, you just have to, you have to learn and you have to adapt. You can, there's no amount of money that you can't blow through, you know? So you kind of have to start, um, you have to be smart. And and also I think it's a it's a growth thing too, like, uh, things don't make me as happy as they used to. Like it used to be about things. Like I got to spend money on these things that I didn't have growing up. And now it's like, you know, I don't, I don't try to fill the void with things. There's still a void. I'm still trying to fill it. But like, <laughs> don't, I don't get. This is not self help. Like I'm not. I don't have it figured out. But I don't. I don't fill it with stupid shit anymore. You know, I try to fill it with meaningful experiences and 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 uh, and and people I love. It's awesome, man. All right, let's talk about fighting now. Uh, so you, you just need a name, right? I mean, that's it. You want to yeah. fight. They give you Joy Anderson Brito. I, I imagine you probably don't know much about him. Here's a guy that's fighting for a second time in the UFC. Right. Is that disappointing or do you care? I mean, he's certainly no. a dangerous fighter. Yeah, he's dangerous. I mean, I, I don't care because it's like, I, I don't know. It, everyone at the UFC is good. Like, and I, I think people who aren't involved in the sport as much don't understand. You guys understand, obviously. Fighters understand. But... People like, oh, he's only fought one time in the UFC. It's like, yeah, but he had to, yeah, but he hurt 12 people to get here. Like, he's a dangerous dude. And everybody that you fight in the UFC is going to be dangerous, um, almost without exception. You don't get to this this part of the, the sport without being something special, you know? So I don't take anybody lightly. Like, this is a dangerous dude. This is the, every single fight is the most important fight to me. Um, with that said, I'm more dangerous, you know, and, and I don't care who it is. Like I'm, 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 if you, if you watched how I fought in the Pineda fight, it's going to be a lot more of that. Uh, I'm, I'm the best featherweight in the world and I don't, no one's going to believe me right now. And I don't care. I'm just going to keep proving it. 
And, uh, and I'm excited for that. I'm kind of at a place where it's like, yeah, I don't care. I'll fight Joe Anderson Brito. I'll fight this guy. I'll fight whoever. I spent eight months. I feel like I've slid all the way back down the mountain. I worked to climb. I'm just going to climb back up it and I'm going to do it with a smile. You know, like this is what we do. I, I love this shit. As you said, never a dull fight. Do you go out there with the mindset of like, I- I'm going to be entertaining or is it just that the, the way that you fight makes it entertaining? No, I think, I think, um, I think fighting is like any other art, you know, it's, it's to some degree, it's a, it's a natural expression of who you are. You can't fake the funk, you know, you can try, but it, when you're, when the lights are on and everything's on the line, like who you are shows. Um, and that's the most, that's the most terrifying and the most beautiful thing about fighting is it's real. You know, you really get to figure out who you are. And I think that me being exciting fights is just a natural expression of kind of who I am, you know, and I'm thankful for it, but it's not something that I like consciously make the choice to do. You know, it's just, it's instinct and it's, um, just part of me, you know, I'm thankful for it. Nice. Last thing for me, when here, you know, the contract security, everything. I mean, is the goal like to just stay as busy as possible? Is that, is that the hope? It's just, dude, I'll fight every month. I don't care. Like I'll fight every other week if I can, I'll stay, I sorry to interrupt you, but yeah, I will stay as busy as possible. Um, I, I, I don't, I, I will lose my fucking mind if I have to go, excuse my language. I will lose my mind if I have to go another eight months. Like I'm trying to fight every single, if there's a card in Vegas, I'm ready to be on it. Like at this point, I only want to fight in Vegas because it's an hour, it's a, it's an hour flight from my house. Um, there's no taxes and the whole, uh, apex PI and hotel fighter hotel situation is like perfect. Um, they have it down to a science. It's a beautiful thing. What UFC's done all through COVID and they're still kind of continuing some of those procedures with like the hotel and the shuttle and the apex. It's just, it's perfect. And even if, even if they do the fights at uh, T-Mobile, like whatever, like this Vegas setup, it's perfect. The taxes is a huge, <laughs> the taxes and the hour flight. Like when I was younger, I'd be like, Oh yeah, let's go to Poland. Let's go to Brazil. Let's go. Where were we fighting next? I'm like, I don't want to do that shit now. I want to fly one hour here, knock someone out, get paid with no taxes and fly one hour home to my girlfriend and my dog and my pool and be left alone. The older you get, the more you just want to get left alone. You just want to be left alone. That's where I'm at. Says, says the 31 year old, right? Right. I mean, I'm not saying I got to figure it out. I'm just saying at this stage, I want to be left alone and it's only getting, it's only moving that direction, you know? Oh, I just meant I'm a lot older, but that's a lot of whiz. <laughs> I wasn't that smart when I was your age. Um, Jim Grease, MMA Weekly. Just want to ask you about that eight months. Yeah. Um, the more time goes by, because it probably felt like eight years. Yeah. That is so you started to have doubts, I'm sure, at some point. You're wondering, like, you know, where's this going? Where, did you lose confidence at all? Did you lose faith at all? Did you just kind of put it on the back burner? And how, how did you get through that time? Um, yeah, so two things. So, to, so the first thing is, yeah, you know, there, there, there are doubts that start creeping in, you know. I could sit here and lie and say, like, nah, oh, it's calm, cool, collected. It's like, no, nah, man, I, I lost sleep for sure. You know, I'm, I'm in the bed next to my girl. She's, she's, she's sound asleep and I'm staring at the ceiling like, fuck dude, I'm 31. I've given my entire life to this thing to be in the UFC. I like in my head, part of my identity is a UFC fighter. And now I'm here coming off a no contest with no contract and no, no other means of really income, you know, like I, I was like, I was at a point where it's like, fuck, do I have to go get a job? Like, do I have to go like, do I have to go, do I have to ask my friends if there's openings at their companies and shit? You know, it's like, there's nothing wrong with that, but it's, it definitely takes, it's definitely, it definitely hurts to go from being like, yeah, uh, last month I was the signed fighter of the UFC chasing his dream. And now I'm a guy and I'm a 31 year old. 
who's unemployed, you know, and I have no um, immediate prospects, you know, of, of, of doing what I love again. And, and just knowing like there's a, such a small window of time that you get to do this and they're just fucking stealing it from me. And uh, it's just, you know, that's really, there's no other way to put it. Like I'm just, just being stolen from me. Like I'm going to make up for it. I'm still going to cement my legacy, but you just feel every fucking day being stolen from you that you don't have a fight and it hurts. Yeah. It kept me up at night is the first time is the first time I, when people say they lose, they've lost sleep. Like I, the first time I lost sleep, like I'd keep me up at night, like thinking about the fact that I'm 31 and I, I, I haven't accomplished what I want to accomplish. And now I don't even have the opportunity to do it because I don't have a contract and I haven't fought in six months, you know? The second part of that is, um, and this is why I'm so thankful for guys like Danny Castillo and Uriah Faber. It doesn't matter how you feel. You just go to practice and you just keep going. No one gives a fuck. Like, it doesn't matter how you feel, you know? Like, there's there's days I wake up and I love fighting and there's days I wake up and I hate fighting. And both days I show up and both days I get better. And so you just put your head down and you work your ass off. Before you know it, eight months have passed and you figure it out and you've, you know, you've like finessed a uh, a thing here. I taught a little seminar. I got a, a sponsor to help me out. I'm doing this. I'm, you know what I mean? Like uh, I'm training every day. And before you know, it, I sign a contract that's bigger than any of the contracts I had before. So the two parts of that, yeah, it, it hurt bad and it kept me up at night. And I, I went to some dark places. The second part, I stayed the course and I never, I never stopped training. I never stopped getting better. That's important. It's definitely, some fighting's been such a huge thing in your life. You know, from your kid, tough childhood, you're yeah. in the streets fighting. You walk into Alpha Male and you take it this far, and here you are, man. And and then it gets taken away from you, like you said. So that's something that kind of saved you and became who you are. So then here you are back. So when you finally got that call, man, that must have been the best thing. Yeah, it felt good. I was losing my mind. Um, I, I was I was I was so excited, you know. Um, and it was actually a little hectic because I, I took a fight on like four weeks notice that fell through. And I took a fight on 10 days notice. No, I'm sorry. I took a fight on, on, on four weeks notice that fell through. So I took the, the Brito fight and then that got changed around. And I took a fight on 10 days notice where I was like, all right, fuck it. I'll make the weight, whatever. It doesn't matter. On, and then that the 10 day notice fell through. And then I got back with, so it was like, you're fighting in four weeks. You're fighting in 10 days. You're fighting in seven weeks. You're fighting in 10 days. You're fighting in seven weeks. It was like, whatever, dude, just fucking book the ticket. I don't care. Like all, it was, it was like three or four different opponents, three or four different dates. And I said yes to all of it because, um, like I said, no matter how good or bad things are going, like I'm in the gym three times a day, I'm training, like, doesn't matter. Stay the course and, and the hard work pays off. Thank you so much. Appreciate you, brother. Um, you haven't been winless uh, in two, for two fights in a row in your entire career. Yeah. Granted, your last fight was probably, you know, the yeah. best you've ever looked, yeah. but it was still no contest. Right. First time in your career, it's winless in two fights. Is that yeah. something that's on your mind as you're rolling into this next one? Nah, because a no contest to me isn't a loss, especially because I think that was a good performance by myself. Like, I'm pretty honest. I'll tell you, like, there have been performances, like, I, I'm just, I'm just, I'm kind of an open book. Like, what you see is what you get. Like, I, I can't, I can't bullshit. So it's like, I'm, I think my performance was fucking sick. My last fight, uh, I'll tell you enough. Like I, I didn't think my performance was very good against um, against Bryce Mitchell, for example. But then I bounced back. I had a great performance against Daniel Pineda. You know, there, there's ups and downs in this sport. That's just that's how it goes. And uh, I I can like I, I've said it so many times. I try to focus on controlling the controllables. I had a great performance. It sucks that. The eye poke happened. I personally think part of it why is I didn't open is because I just split it open with my shin. 
uh, he wanted to keep fighting. I wanted to keep fighting. Doctor made a bad call. That's that's not really on me. You know, like I did my job. So to me, I'm not winless in two fights. Like I lost, I lost a fight. I was winning a fight, and it kind of got stolen from me. And then I'm going to win a fight Saturday. Um, I'll never go back to back losses. And from here on out, it's going to be back to back wins. You know, I just. I just, um, I, I, the, in the eight months, the biggest lesson I've learned is just like not dwelling in the past. Like it doesn't matter, you know, no matter how the Pinedo fight ended or the 12 other fights that ended before that, it doesn't matter. Like the only thing I care about is winning this fight April 30th. Uh, I mean, you got 17 fights in the UFC right now. Oh, uh, <laughs> I said 13, like right now. I'm like, yeah, the other 16 yeah. fights, that's crazy. Um, to, to your opponents too. Yeah. Well, he's going to be making his second appearance in Octagon. Yeah. Do you think that gives you a huge advantage? Uh, you know, him only in the show for his second time. I don't know. I, I haven't thought about that honestly. Um, I spent a lot of time thinking about the advantages I have over him, which I think there's many. Um, but I haven't really thought about that. I'm sure it doesn't hurt, you know. But I also don't think that. I just think a fight's a fight, kind of. It doesn't matter. Like if if you make it matter that it says UFC on the cage and there's light, then maybe like it maybe he'll get psyched out by that. But I'm not counting on that. Like a fight's a fight, and this dude knows how to fight. He's had it's not like he he's had two fights in UFC, but he's had like twelve or thirteen fights outside. Like he knows how to fight. He's from Brazil. I'm sure he's been in some fights. Like he you can look at him. He's not a dude who's who's worried about getting in a fist fight. So I'm not counting on that. I'm I'm counting on all my other advantages to beat him. Thank you. Appreciate you, brother. Andre, welcome back. It's been a minute. Yeah, oh, got you. And then you've always been honest with us. You mentioned that uh, things that make you happy don't as much. What have you leaned on lately? What's, what's getting you? Yeah, well, what I was saying is like um, when you first start making money and, and I was a little younger, like I just wanted to buy things. I just wanted things. Like I wanted, like I needed, like if I bought a pair of Vans, I bought a pair of Vans for me and my roommate and one in every color. It's like, because I need shoes, like, you know what I mean? Like I like shoes, but it's like, I don't really like shoes that fucking much. Or I like, you know what I mean? Like if I bought, if I went to the store and got like anything, like shoes are an example, comic books, motorcycles, all kinds of shit that like, well, actually motorcycles still make me happy. That's a bad example. Um, I still spend money on motorcycles and my girlfriend doesn't need to know how much. So let's skip over that part. Um, but yeah, I just stopped trying to fill that void with, with, with things like it. It, it, it's not as it's not as meaningful you know what i mean like i still like all the st same stuff i used to but you know you grow to a place where you realize like that's not going to fill the void you know and really to me I, i'm not out here trying to give life advice i still have a void that i'm trying to fill um it's just that the only thing that does it meaningfully is winning fights um and so i've you know i've committed my entire being to winning this fight um, and helping the young guys on the team win fights and, and trying to just set an example and, and do these things that, that actually, like if I'm going to, if I'm going to struggle with trying to fill this void and, and this emptiness that I feel pretty regularly, I'm going to fill it with things that I know are positive and, and create a positive impact, impact for other people. That's excellent, man. Respect. And um, I think it was Nick Diaz who said, you have to love this so much. You hate it. And you're surrounded by great coaches, legends, former champs. Um, it doesn't matter how you feel, they were saying. Yeah. How do, how, so how do you get up? How do you, what's your motivation besides that win and to help out your, yeah. and elevate them? Yeah, no, Nick's a legend. Uh, you know, so is Nate, both of those dudes. And, and uh, Nick, Nick hit it on the head. You got to love it so much you hate it. And some days, like I said, some days I wake up and I hate this shit. And some days I wake up and I'm in, I'm in love with it. Like, I'm, I don't just love it. Like, I'm in love with it. Um, but both days I show up and both days I get better. And so it doesn't matter. Like when you feel these 
and this isn't for fighting. This is just something I think anybody could take for any career. When you are in love with something, you got to commit a hundred percent and give every piece of yourself to it. That way you can build these habits, right? Like, so you're obsessed with something, right? But that's not going to last forever. And sometimes you don't control that obsessive motivation. So when you're obsessed and in love with something, do it every day and put those practices into place so that in six months, when you're maybe not as motivated, you still have those, you still have those procedures in place. You have the discipline to show up every day. It's like, you can't just rely on motivation. It has to be at some point, it has to be disciplined. And when the passion hits, you got to run with it. But when it's not there, you rely on the discipline. And I've been doing this shit since I was 19, you know, and so it's nothing. It doesn't matter when I wake up in the morning, whether I love it or hate it, I'm going to practice at 930. Like it doesn't matter. That's awesome, man. Those are great habits to have. And lastly, for me, to circle back to your opponent, you had a couple advantages on him you mentioned. Can you elaborate on that? Yeah. Um, length, physical frame, experience. Um, uh, fight IQ, cage generalship. Um, I think I'm a better grappler. Uh, and I don't think people think of me as a grappler at all, which is cool. I hope they continue to not think of me as a grappler, but, um, I can grapple my ass off and, uh, I can wrestle my ass off and I'm comfortable everywhere the fight goes. So I actually think I'm a better striker and a better grappler. Um, and he is a pretty explosive, like tough bulldog dude, but I actually think I'm also a better athlete, um, as far as, uh, my gas tank, uh, and my, my explosivity, I, I really, man, I don't want this to sound pretentious, but I really don't see a fight, a part of the fight where I don't have an advantage. I'm better everywhere. I'm not with that. Best of luck on Saturday. Thank you, brother. Just, just a couple quick, quick ones. When yeah. you said that you'd went to like those dark places in that time when you were waiting to get the contract and things like that, was it the routine of going to the gym or what was it that pulled you out? Was it teammates? Was it your girlfriend? Was it routine? What pulled you out when you started finding that you could recognize that you were in a dark spot? Um, again, I don't want this to sound pretentious um, because I, my team, my girlfriend, my dog, uh, these people that I, that I love, uh, my, my friends, I've had the same friends since I was like 13, 14, 15 years old. Like I've, I don't have a bunch of new friends. Like I have friends that have been with me from the bottom, you know? Um, and as much as I love and value those people, um, no one pulled me out of the dark place except myself like because no one else can you have to do it yourself just like no one else is going to get in this cage and fight for me no one else is going to do this interview for me no one else is going to cut this weight for me um it has to be you so anybody else who's going through some dark shit like you got it you got to recognize that it's it's just you that can do it and it's it's kind of a daunting thing at first um but it's also kind of a reassuring thing and a relieving thing to realize like you have the power to do it you know and so for me it was just biting down and and, and relying on that discipline of staying committed to training and staying the course and keeping promises to, to um, the, the, the keeping my promises to the people that I love, you know, like I, I, I have told the people I love since I was 13 or 14 years old that I'm going to be a UFC featherweight champion and I'm going to do it and everything else is, is, is unacceptable, you know? And so you have to like be, you have to be borderline delusional committed to that. Um, which is what I am. You know what I mean? And, uh, so, so that, so myself recognizing my own patterns and staying committed to my, my goals and my promises is what pulled me out of it, you know? And, and again, teammates, friends, girlfriend, um, family, they help, 
but no one else is going to do it for you. You got to do it yourself. That's awesome. Um, just quickly, I guess about the contract, how many fights did you get on this particular contract? Five, I believe. Yeah. Now, which is a lot, but again, I'm not in a, I wasn't really in a position to like measure dicks and negotiate. I'm like eight months with no uh, income. I'm like, yeah, what do you want? What do you just fucking send me it? I don't care. Whatever. I don't care. Just get me in the cage. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, so I, I'm assuming this whole time you were hitting them up, trying to get things and you weren't getting either. Calls my management back. was, yeah. I let my management handle all that. Yeah. So it's, but it's gotta be weird. You're the whole time you're waiting for something, but then when you get to the negotiating table, they give you more money than you right. actually expected. Yeah. That's got to be kind of a weird, awkward feeling. Like, weird. You're like, like they're playing hard to get or something, I guess. But I'm like, dude, if you wanted me, you could have just told me that the whole time. I'm right here, baby. What's up? Like, they're, but they're playing hard to get uh, like most good things do. So whatever. I mean, my, my thought process now is like, yeah, I don't understand why they shelf me for eight months. Um, and again, I don't want to seem like I'm being hard on matchmakers sure. and stuff like Yo, the world is fucking crazy right now. There's a pandemic and a war and 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 instability and and life is life is crazy for a lot of people. So I don't know if it was necessarily like I'm not, I don't want to paint this picture like they hate Andre Feely. The UFC hates Andre Feely and didn't want to have me in the cage. I think I think it was just that I fought my contract out. Um, things are hectic booking fights. There was no openings. Like it was kind of crazy. I had a change in management. You know, I, I'm not like blaming any one person. I just think. Um, you know, sometimes you get dealt a rough hand and, and I had to ride that out for a few months. And my mentality now is like, all right, cool. I didn't get to fight for a few months. Fuck it. I'm going to, in those, those eight, in those eight months, what would I have done? One or two fights? I'll make it up this year. Like I'll fight three or four times this year and it will still have the same, the same progress that we would have, you know, like really that, that ownership of like, it's up to me. Like I'm, I'm not blaming anyone else. Like I didn't get a fight. I chose to fight my contract out. I didn't get a fight and I'm going to make up for it. It's like, it's, it's, it's just complete acceptance and ownership. So what's the goal, I guess, for the year, how many fights are you looking for? Because you want to make up for that lost time, but you also want to give your time to heal and make sure that you're coming in at your peak performance. Nah, I'm healed. I'm healed. I don't need any time. <laughs> Anyone listening to this, I'm healed. I'm plenty healed. Uh, just fucking book me three fights now. It's fine. Like I will be as active as they can keep me. I don't care. Like I'm, I don't need time to heal. I'm, I'm good. I'm good. I don't need, I'm not healing from anything. <laughs> What he, what heals me is paychecks. Paychecks are healing to me. So I want to fight. If I can fight five times this year, I'll do it. I don't care. All right, that was Andre Touchy Feely. Uh, listen, man. I, I mean. I just, again, we've always liked Andre Feely. Um, he's just a good dude. Like, he's fun to talk to behind the scenes. He's, I mean, what you see is what you get. Like, that guy on the mic is the same guy you're going to get um, behind the scenes as well. Like, that's just who he is. But I honestly do think, man, his honesty and openness about dealing with everything, um, I just love hearing it, man. I, I really love hearing it. hope you guys enjoyed it too. It was funny. After he he left the stage, I actually joked. I was like, hey, I, I was, I was going to do it. And I was like, guys, this, this interview is getting a little long. I don't want to keep the interview going. But I joked with them. I was like, you know, because the eight-month layoff did make no sense. Like, what? Why did it take you them this long to give you a contract? That makes no damn sense to me. But I was like, I was like, Andre, I was like, maybe what happened was like that big board they have in the office. Like your name just fell off, and it was like down on the floor. And they were like, they you know, they, kicked under the couch. Yeah, it was under the couch. And like one day, the maintenance crew was like, oh damn, I found Andre Feely down here. Like, oh yeah. We don't have a contract We're for Andre Feely. Hold up, let's get this done real quick. And he kind of laughed a little bit, but uh, yeah, I mean, honestly, 
that's that to me is a more logical explanation than anything else. That's why not getting you right. Yeah. Or they or they were so you know it's funny because I was thinking about one of his last post fight uh, interviews, and he had grabbed a pizza or sandwich or something from pizza, the back that's of the room. His thing, man. And he was, but his hands were still covered in blood, and I, so he was eating this food, <laughs> and we were so that. we were just like. Uh, so you, you eat your pizza, and we see your hands are still covered in blood, you know, and it's just like it wasn't even a thing, and I was like, this guy's a psycho. <laughs> I was like, that's probably not his blood. Oh, yeah, it's bad when you think about it that way. I was like, wow, he really, he was really hungry. That's funny, man. Well, listen, if you liked uh, listening to Andre Feely as much as we did, or if you like listening to us for whatever reason, please do us a favor wherever you're logged in and listening. Take a second. Rate us. Review us. Give us the highest rating possible. Give us some feedback. We'll even accept the negative feedback. I mean, we don't want to hear it, but I mean, if it's if it's no, I mean, valid. We, it, we just won't accept it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean yeah, it was I mean, definitely I'm not going to change I'm anything not, about what we do. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> but we'd appreciate the positive. That always helps out. Or if you want to take your game up to the next level and really help us out, help us keep the lights on, so to speak, uh, head on over to patreon.com slash the MMA Roadshow. I mean, you know, listen, for as little as $3 a month, you're mm-hmm. helping the heck out of us. You see what I'm saying? You're keeping the podcast going. You're getting the exclusive access to the and a half episodes. And, of course, you can uh, you can chat with us over there, reach out to us over there, and, uh, you know, just, just generally – Help us out, and it means a lot to us, like yeah. like some of these fine Like folks. the Daverns did. Uh, we've been meaning to, to give them a shout-out. We've been separated, so we haven't had a chance to really sort of get together. And True. We like to say, hey, thank you to the people that did it. So Chris Davern and the Daverns uh, jumping in there um, and giving some love. And, and I can't remember if we gave them some love uh, last month or not, but uh, as for the name, <laughs> his name, his username is listed as No K, so – me being part Asian, want to say no okay. dude. I just I think it's awesome. The Japanese audience is really chiming you know? in, you know. But then I will. I don't want to take it behind the curtain, and I won't say too much. But his email says his name starts with it's Nick. Mm. But I'm like, so maybe, maybe just a minor typo. <laughs> maybe maybe minor. So or, two two possibilities here. Either either Nick, we really appreciate you, and you made a typo, or the MMA Roadshow is massive in Japan. Uh, it's I, one of the two. I'm going to say it's number two. <laughs> I agree. They, they I understand agree. how much that uh, we love in Japan. Fact, in fact, you know what I'm going to think is that we're massive in Japan. Noke showed up to support us, and he just actually made the typo in his email address. You, you know, <laughs> he probably was like, I'm, I like these guys so much. I'm going to just going to, for my email, I'm going to take an American-sounding name mm-hmm, mm-hmm, instead of mm-hmm. using Noke because – they don't have a symbol that says no K it, in, in Japanese. It makes sense to me. So, uh, Well, thank you, Daverns. And oh, thank you very much. No K. <laughs> You're not supposed to say it that way. Hey, I'm I part was, Asian. I was trying I'm to, Asian. I was trying to remember what the, what, the, what the word is. Why can't I remember what the word is? Uh, arigato? Arigato. Ah, see, oh, yeah, I like that. It. There you ah, go. Well like I, I like you put your hands together. <laughs> You're not supposed to say that. That nobody knew I put my hands together and bowed. Why hey, do you have to put me on blast no, like that? I mean, you're, you're the one that messed up with the. No, with the I like because you 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 took it to that level. Yes, I, I, yes, I mean, it is. You you uh, you were very you were respectful. You gave a nice little bow, little I did. quarter bow. That's, yeah. that's how they. I remember our trips to Tokyo. Oh, that's I how fucking, they did. I fucking love Tokyo. Oh, I love it. There's a country I could just move to and just be like. America, sayonara. (laughs) 
it would be it would be Tokyo, but I'd have to be able to get my my PBR over there, and I'm not. I, I think we found PBR over there, didn't we? No, I don't think we did. I don't think we did either. I think I, when I'm in when I'm in Japan, which has been a while. I know but we always drink what they have as well. I, I usually do. We drink a lot of soju. I do. I, I do drink, a lot of Kirin. Uh, I do a lot of Kirin when Kirin, I'm over there. Kirin. Yeah. Kirin. Um. Asahi. Yeah. What were some of the other big ones? Um. That's the one I do. I usually do Kieran. Yeah, that, that's my really, go-to. Well, I remember even like they have like the world's best Seven Elevens because we oh, would go to Seven Elevens and they would amazing. have like all the beer that we needed. Yep. But then they had they'd have like all just delicious like hot foods mm-hmm. that were like stepped up hot foods. Yeah, yeah, really good. I know uh, like Rampage Jackson used to be really high on the on on the chi- I mean I'm not trying to on the chi- the chicken they have is amazing. Oh like, yeah, it's like it's like and the it's, like a tim- it's like a tempura batter or it's something. So like, it's so good. It's so good. It's so <laughs> Their fried chicken there is amazing. It's so, it's so ridiculous because I, I remember. The Thinking like, I I would go back like some of the later nights and just go to the Seven Eleven so I could get some of the different chicken and other shit, uh, and obviously more beer, but like it was like delicious. Like you go to our Seven Elevens here and you're like, how long has that fucking hot dog been twirling around on that machine? You know, and you're like, that yeah. might have been there all month long. That dried know. out sausage over there. Yeah, they don't have that shit over there. Oh man, I love that. So thank you, Noke. Thank you, Daverns. <laughs> Took us down a road over there, okay? <laughs> or Nick. <laughs> or Nick. Which uh, also reminds us of Tokyo. Yeah, because we got out there just the fucking Nick of time, <laughs> that's for sure. <laughs> we also should thank the fine folks of oh, 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 O'Reilly's Auto Parts. Yeah. See, the yeah is part of it. Well, it is now that you've you know, I'm put telling it, you stuck it in my brain. It's part of it, damn it. It's well, part now of it. it is for sure. If I listen to the commercials and they don't have it, I'm going to complain. Listen, right now you can save 15% at O'Reilly. 15%? You can say 15%. Well, I mean, if, you, I if mean, it's 15, it's more than, more than 1%. Percent. It's percents. Right now you can save 15% with purchase of Brake Best Select or Import Direct Brake Pads and two rotors. At O'ReillyAuto.com using promo code BREAK15. That's BREAK15. And by the way, this isn't part of the, the contract, but I, I just wanted to give it up to my man uh, Galeo in uh, in Canada who said uh, he's got an idea for the slogan. He said, well, here's what we add at the end of it. We beat the brakes off our competition. Fuck you. Yeah. Mm! I was actually <laughs> – <laughs> it's funny because I, you know, when you said that in my head, I was literally thinking, "Ah, oh, you break the brakes off that motherfucker." Yep, well, it's already so been done. All right, shout out, shout out. All right, let's talk about the resistance. Well, hey, and also, oh. if you happen to be on our our website, should you lose track of how to find that O'Reilly Auto Parts? Now on the right side, where I keep a special place for our lovely sponsors, you will now mm-hmm. find a link to O'Reilly Auto Parts right there for all your part needs. You can visit the professional parts people. We go above and beyond for our sponsors. So they, that wasn't part beyond. of the contract. That wasn't in no. the language. I had our lawyer review it. It wasn't in there. Yeah. But we said, you know what? Let's give them a little something extra. That's just beating the brakes off of that deal. Mm. <laughs> oh, 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 O'Reilly's Auto Parts. Yeah. <laughs> All right. It's the fist. Oh. I had the fist. Oh, by the way, he did, the he did throw the fist in, in the, the air. air. That's actually it was, it was, taking it to the next it level. It was like some uh, like a closing scene of an anime. <laughs> just, just, just fist in the air. I do love me, man. Glorious victory. I don't want. I was. I'm a, you're gonna just fucking eat me up for this because I do love me some anime. What do you got? It's my wallpaper anime. Wow. This is from uh the gun gun gale online from the sword art. Uh, she know she's a badass. See her the big sniper gun. Right. It's a 50 cal. Mm. 
so awesome. My kid actually has uh, Naruto right now as his background. Oh, I mean, can't go wrong with fucking Naruto. He actually asked me, uh, he was like, hey, can you take me to try ramen? And I was like. Shut up. Yeah, he wants, to, he wants to go try ramen because he's, like, there's a, there's a Fortnite emoji with uh, Naruto, like, eating some ramen or whatever. And he's like, will you take me to try it? And I'm like, you're damn he's right. like, it's an Akibasu. He always goes to this ramen thing and he always like, ah, before he gets super, super stoked. That's good, man. That's that's good shit. Yeah, I told my kid I'd take it. Maybe maybe I'll do that tonight. I wonder. Yeah, maybe there's a good ramen shop over here. I was gonna cook when I get home. I know there's ramen ramen. shops over here, and you just gotta watch. I mean, like you can get something like with like the the simple broths or something like the uh, what's one of the ones, tonkatsu. No, maybe it's not the right tonkatsu. It's not the right, but it has like a little pork broth where they make with like pork bones. But then Mm. they have other ones where, like some that are made of like miso broth, so it's like a little more mild. and they have the other ones that are made out of like a veggie broth or something. No, that's awesome. Yeah, well, it's, it's much a... better than fuck. I mean, like Fa's all right or Fo. Wow. The fuck you want to say? But whatever. I'm much more ramen <laughs> dude than, than Fo. Much more ramen dude. Look at I that. love me some ramen. Mm. Look at this, man. This is solid MMA content. All right, uh, listen. Uh, Jared Gordon takes on Grant Dawson, a lightweight bout. Jared Gordon said, uh, pretty much, he's he's a, he's a lightweight full time now. He actually said he doesn't think the UFC will let him go down to 145 anymore. That was so funny. it was pretty funny. 155 against Grant Dawson, who man really owned up for, you know that that not a setback, but you know it was a draw last time out, but a set. You know, to, the the guy just gassed out in the final round, man, and gave up a 10-8 and, and had to settle for a draw. But he really owned it. Uh, he's since moved to American Top Team. He had all the praise in the world for American Top Team in helping him out. And uh, so that's a big one at lightweight. Uh, one that should be an absolute scrap, Darren Elkins versus Tristan Connolly. <laughs> Tristan Connolly could not – like was so excited for this fight. He knows they both are going to absolutely just go out there and bang it out. Darren Elkins was funny because, you know, Darren is not the biggest talker in the world, right? It's like Darren Elkins scrums seem to be getting shorter and shorter and shorter because, I mean, what is there to ask? Like, you know how he's going to fight. You know, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, you, you know what's happening. And, I mean, what are you going to ask him? Like, bro, like, do you think maybe this one, like, you won't get hurt first? And then yeah. it, it was funny. I did ask him. I was like, hey, the last one, did you did you think, like – Hey man, you didn't even let me get started. Like I just got rocked in the first round against Cub, and you didn't you didn't let me keep going. He's like, Nah, nah, nah. I was, I, I deserve to be stopped. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, it, it, he was like, I was bad. But it was funny because again, uh, now there there were more media today this week than, yeah. than last week with just just you, just you and Alan Dawson last week. Thank um, but it was funny. It was it was still I, I didn't time it. It was still probably like a three minute scrum, and we were done with them. And it he, was nice it, and quick. And he walked away, and I was just like, he was like, That's it. And I'm like. Bro, you don't have to sell a fight. Like, we know what we're getting. And he was like – and it was funny. He's like, there will be blood. Yeah. <laughs> he's a bleeder. Oh, so he's I thought, a bleeder, but uh, you're right. It's, it's, unless you were just, like, out there and like, Darren, explain your fight style to somebody that hasn't seen your fight because everybody else has and we already know what we're going to get, you know. Uh, but, yeah, you're right. I mean, like, it's funny. I mean, like – I think a lot of people, like, when you first look at him and you hear him start to talk, I can see where some people might get and, and think, like, oh, this dude has taken some damage. Right. Maybe that's why you're talking. But he just he's a, he's a man of few words. I mean, he, he'd rather get in there and do his thing. But you'll see these moments where you get him on a topic about something that he's actually interested in. And he gets that little smile, and he, and he starts rambling about it. But, yeah, he's not one that 
he's not uh, you can tell he's like I'm obligated to do these media days. I'd much rather just be chilling with my buddies right now. Hundred <laughs> percent. Instead of dealing with you guys. He's like, so I'm, I'm gonna give you the bare minimum and that's about it. <laughs> I love it, man. But he, that's gonna be a scrap. Main card opens off with Christoph Jotko versus Joe Mearshart, which could be a very fun fight in middleweight. Uh Jotko kinda criminally underrated. Mearshart on the best little run of his career. And then look, even the prelims, I I think there's some there's some fights worth paying attention to. Alexander Romanov versus Chase Sherman did get rescheduled. Yeah. Um, we, we hope it happens. Uh, I, I don't know. I've heard there, there may be some issues behind the scenes, so we'll find out. Um, would hate for, uh, you know, Romanoff looked good last week, man. I, I imagine he still does. Um, and I think that dude's a real stud. And I, mean, I was happy for Chase Sherman to be back, man. I mean, obviously that guy's bounced in and out, in and out. And I think he's kind of talking about. We get about, any kind of clarification of what the, the minor health issues was? No, and that's why I've, I've heard that there's kind of some, um, how do you, how do you say this? Um, I, I just, I've heard there's a concern that maybe the fight won't happen again this week yeah. and again, you know, and, and so it was just I'll weird. Just it was like, that. yeah, there was no, since we didn't get clarity of anything last week, I asked him, I was like, I get it. You want to say minor health issue, but you, they wouldn't say illness. They wouldn't say injury. And I was like, can you at least tell us that? And we never got that. And then when they quickly rebooked it, it was all it to me. I was like, okay, well, it was obviously something they thought was a hiccup. Yeah. You know, and they're like, okay, this can't possibly do it. So I'm just like, but then at that point, I'm like, what causes a little hiccup that you don't say unless it's something like like a mental yip or something where you're just like, well, I, I can't do this, I can't do this, I can't do this. I think I can't you're do on this. the right path. You know, I think you're on the something. right path. And again, and, and, and I feel a little bit irresponsible in saying this because it's not something that I've been able to get anybody to speak to on record. Yeah. Um, but I think your line of thinking is 100% uh, right. Well, if that's the kind of thing, that's the kind of thing where it's almost like they need to step up and be like, maybe that. Well, at least that's the discussion. Somebody needs to, you know. Then you start to saying, "Is this what I want to keep doing as an occupation?" Type right. thing, you know, or yeah. something. But it was weird because you know we, you saw people reporting that like Sherman was out like hours earlier, out riding a motorcycle or something out by like Red Rock or whatever. And then all of a sudden the fight was off, and you're just like, I was like, maybe he ate something. You know, we were just speculating or something, but. I thought it was pretty interesting. They did try to do the quick turnaround to do, but I mean, uh, I don't know. That's sad to hear then that that they're they're still iffy because that was going to be one of the better fights that we were expecting mm-hmm. last fight card. Mm-hmm. You know, now it's sort of dumped in the beginning of the of the night. You know, I guess I if if feature I'm looking at it's the feature prelim. Yeah, feature prelim. You know. So we'll see. We'll see if it happens. But uh, just your friendly warning that, that there's a possibility it might not. Daniel De Silva versus Francisco Figueroa could be fun at flyweight. Johan Lioness, the former CFSC champ, making his USC debut against Gabe Green. You know I'm tuning in for that. Natan Levy versus Mike Breeden. Gina Mazzani versus Shanna Young. And uh, the name that I think the hardcores really have circled. Um, if you're not familiar with his work, Tatsuro Taira, uh, keep an eye on him. Undefeated Japanese product. Uh, making his USC debut, was undefeated as an amateur, undefeated as a pro, looks every bit the part of a real contender at flyweight. Of course, he's been doing it against non-USC-level competition, so we'll find out if he can get it done over here, but uh, the guy looks the part. So if you're a hardcore, uh, make sure you tune in or at least catch some highlights of that first fight because this might be a name to watch uh, at 125 pounds. So uh, looking forward to it. In between now, then and now, we've got uh, – Listen, PFL will be uh, Thursday night, so we've got that. It's not nearly as busy of a week as it was last week, but we do have uh, PFL, so I'll be tuned into that. And then, of course, uh, we'll have full coverage of UFC on uh, ESPN 35. I'll have the 
and a half episode over at patreon.com slash the Rose. So make sure you signed up for that. And uh, other than that, thanks for listening.